Welcome everyone to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we talk about Friends the Sitcom, 90s stuff, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. And we are your Friends Guides. Yeah. Um, so before we kind of dive into our first episode, the pilot, we're going to just talk about us and how we even got to this point. Mm-hmm. Um Friends, kind of what the show means to us. How did we get here? You know, who we are, because, you know, that's important. Um, so for me, so we are both 90s babies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start watching Friends until... Actually, I'm an 89. Oh, <gasps> You are an 89. Mm-hmm. I'm an 89, December 1, 89. By a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we still accept you. Yeah, as a nineties baby. Thank you. So, um, I think I started watching Friends, or I guess let's my friend, my mom and dad allowed me to watch Friends at like ten. So I kind of came in about halfway through the show, Mm -hmm. um, and it was you know we watched it every week, and it was fun. It was something we could watch like as a family, which is so funny if you watch it as an adult now, you're like. I don't know that I would have maybe let my kid watch some. And there's probably stuff that I didn't pick up on. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I got older, Friends was just kind of that thing that I always watched and was you could watch it over and over. And it was really easy to laugh at or all of that stuff. Um, But you and I Mm -hmm. bonded over Friends. So Mm -hmm. Tiana and I go back way back. Um, and we met in high school. We played volleyball together. Which high school is like when I started watching Friends. I, I was later. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, we, okay. And I have to say, like, I was convinced that Tiana did not like me. <laughs> Everyone says that whenever they, like, every time. But I will say, okay, so Tiana invited me in freshman year of high school to her birthday party. And I was like so honored and so excited. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, the cool girl wants me at her birthday party. That's so neat. And she, to this day, she's going to like. Also not a cool girl. Can I just say? <laughs> you were a cool girl, but like not like the cool girl, but everybody mm-hmm. loved Tiana. How could you not? Well, thanks. So she invites me to her birthday party and she had these amazing party favors. <laughs> I can't forget these. They were these scarves that you made. Was it with your aunt? Yeah. The theme was pink and green. I've always loved a theme. Still do. Oh, yeah. You're a theme girl all Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. And I wore that scarf the next week. And I was like one of the only people to wear that scarf. And I thought, (laughs) why not? I love these scarves. These are so cool. And my friend made this for me. And um, I think that that bonded us because you're like, oh. Thank you. She's wearing my scarf. Like, she really likes it. She sees me. <laughs> she sees me. Um, and then ever since then, we've just, our friendship has grown and grown, and we've mm-hmm. been through so much together, and I'm sure we'll share a lot of that on this podcast. Um, but yeah, and then in college, honestly, Friends is that show that you can sit there and do whatever and like oh, yeah. pay attention or not pay attention. Mm-hmm. I can sit and crochet like the old lady that I am and 
listen to it or pay attention or not. So in college, my friend that I was rooming with at the time had a full set of the season. Mm -hmm. So I would watch it to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would, you know, my TV would, I would put a sleep timer on and then I would fall asleep to it. So it was one of, one of those things. But, and as we go along, I'll say there's one disc (laughs) that I would skip every time because I couldn't watch it. Don't tell us what it is now. I will not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely the music, the music. It was the background that was the soundtrack to my life, like studying, falling asleep, literally doing whatever. It was just, I had the full set of DVDs and I still do. And I refuse to throw them away. They're just so sentimental. And so it literally has been just, it, it brings me back to the happy places, like with anxiety, with depression, it's so familiar and, you know, it's not perfect, but it's, it's always been there. It's pretty, pretty consistent in my life. Like just giving me happiness. So relatable. So relatable. And yes, it is. It's just one of those things that if you need to zone out, mm-hmm. you can zone out. Or if you just need to pick me up, like friends is there for a good pick me up. I yeah. love it. I love it. Um, so how the show has impacted our friendship. So we bonded over friends, and I remember there are two distinctive breakups that mm. we both were like, "I just let's just go back to your house and watch Friends," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'll never forget that. And I don't even think we watched it, but it was one of those things where you have it on the background, and it's comforting in a moment of just like full crying over bitch sesh, stupid boys, and. <laughs> the things they do. So, um, yeah, I think that it bonded us and always kind of kept us together. And now we're here. Yep. Now we're here. Just a bunch of 30 something year olds, (laughs) 30 something. I like how you say that. Yep. Not that people can't do the math and figure out how old we are now. Um, so for our first episode, first season, and for every season moving forward, what we're going to do in the first episode is we're going to do kind of a what's going on in the world, what's going on in New York City, since this is where that's set, um, and that'll be for every season going on. So for now, looking at 1994, which is when this aired um, in September 1994, uh, right now in New York City... You can't even say the name because he's so repulsive. That's probably why it's a subconscious (laughs) thing, right? (laughs) Rudy Giuliani becomes the mayor. And then in June, the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup. And that ended their 54-year drought. And then Friends debuts in September. A couple other fun facts. That year, the Academy Award winner for Best Picture was Schindler's List. Good movie. Great movie. movie. Amazing story, amazing book. Mm -hmm. If you have not read it or watched that, I highly recommend it. Um, And then we went back and forth on this, the top songs of the year, (laughs) because we couldn't find like a top song. It was, you know, it's very fluid throughout the year. So there were three that kind of came up. Um, One of them was The Sign by Ace of Base. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I saw the sign. If anybody's seen Pitch Perfect. Ugh. I know. That first scene. Hey, Pitch Perfect. (laughs) Don't get me started. We will have to go into that another day. Um, And then I Swear by All for One. Mm -hmm. And I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Yeah. So some classics for sure. Um, And then we were kind of 
figuring out where are we starting at with the friends. And right now, Rachel and Monica would both have been 24. Joey's 25. And Ross and Chandler and Phoebe would have been the oldest at 26. So we're mid-20s, kind of getting started in life here. And that's where that's where it all begins. Just figuring your stuff out after college, man. Yeah. Which is... Which is like the biggest time to like have so much self growth, which is great what, that they said it in this way. I didn't toot. That was the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who made this episode come alive? The writers, directors, air date. That would be Sir David Crane. He's not actually a I'll sir, say, but a sir. I just wanted to say sir. Um, and Marta Kaufman. Director was James Burroughs, and then September 22nd, 1994, that's where it all kind of begins for us. So um, right now we're going to take a quick break and come right back at you. All right, welcome back from our break. So now we're going to go into the episode recap, and there's so many different ways we could really break this down, but we're going to go character by character. Um, so first off, just starting with Monica, the episode or the, the whole season opens, they're all in the coffee shop, Central Perk, which is the setting to our entire story here to our entire series. Um, so, you know, essentially Monica, Monica's got a date with Paul, the wine guy, Paul, the wine guy has, you know, we find out made up a story where he told Monica, he's not able to perform sexually since his divorce, which has been two years, which when you think about it, you're like, that guy is such like so lying. But it works. (laughs) He tricks her into having sex with him. And uh, when Monica finds out, she smashes his watch in the end. Mm -hmm. Which, Nat, have you ever broken something of your ex's? Oh, yes. Uh, Tiana is actually there for this. I don't know if you remember I don't remember, so I'm super interested. So Tiana set me up with this guy, actually. Now, I will say, I don't blame Tiana. I blame the person that Tiana was dating at the time because... Yeah. He was working with him, but I caught him cheating on me with his ex-girlfriend Ew. and I happened to have some of his like really nice Oakley sunglasses. And at the time I was driving this huge like Ram pickup truck, <laughs> Wilma, love oh, her. Oh yeah, Wilma. May she rest in peace. And I took those Oakley sunglasses and I scraped the crap out of them on the ground. And then I ran over them with my truck. Now this is like jogging my memory. Do you remember this? Yes. Because Tiana and her boyfriend at the time came with me to his house because I couldn't get a hold of him. And come to find out he was there with his ex. And I threw the sunglasses at him as we drove off. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Ooh, you live and you learn on that one, man. But that it was very satisfying. I will say I totally relate to Monica in this because, yeah, I mean, he played you. He doesn't get that watch back. And she does it because he said that she asked Paul how he got back at his ex because she left him and he said he broke her watch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know conveniently, he leaves his watch in her apartment and she stomps on it. So writers did a good job there. Nice job writers. Um, I actually do want to back up just a little bit. I don't know if you felt this way, but when the episode opens, and I think this just goes back to television at that time and like what a pilot is, 
I, when I was first watching it in my young age, I thought that this was like episode two or three because they were so familiar. Like you just jump right in to these, these friends, these six people hanging out at Central Park. And it's like, oh wait, did I miss something? And no, this is the pilot. Yeah. I think that this is why Friends kind of stands out is that it was so engaging immediately. It wasn't like you kind of come in and it's awkward or, you know, there's definitely things that you can see that they fix as time goes on, but you come in and these people are so relatable immediately. And you're just in, I was like captured by like, okay, I want to know what's going on. Why mm-hmm. are these people like, what are they talking about? So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that that was an amazing thing that they did because TV at the time I think could go either way and the fact that they were just so engaging it was like yep i'm mm-hmm. i'm hooked yeah so next next plot line you either, you either love him or you hate him ross oh my god can i imitate him please hi I, first first episode of the series we get the ross the famous ross hi and i know good. that like you know from david schwimmer he said everything he he came up with the high it's this one word that embodies all of the pain that this one character is feeling. Hi. Oh, and, and then at that point you hear Joey kind of come in like, oh, this guy says hi, I want to kill myself. Yeah. Like We all are thinking that. Mm-hmm. So that's the effect. So what's going on with Ross? <laughs> Ross has discovered that his wife is a lesbian and he is now getting a divorce. The first divorce for Mr. Ross Geller. Um, you know, all throughout the episode, Joey and Chandler are trying to get Ross to quote unquote grab a spoon and get back out there. Ross is kind of in his mopey, woe is me, which, you know, getting a divorce, man. He's kind of that first, that first crowd of people you like went to high school with or whoever that like got married really quick. And you're like, all right, best of luck. I'm still a mess over here. I don't know how the hell you just planned a wedding. Having planned a wedding last year. Yeah. I don't know how the heck they did that when they were 23, 24, 25. Oh my gosh. No, my, my parents got married. Well, okay. They were young, I mm-hmm. guess, but they waited a little bit after college. But even then I was like, how did, how did you do that? Being like just fresh out of college. I, I, I have no idea, no. but that is probably one of my favorite plot lines throughout this entire series is Ross married a lesbian. Gotta love it. Yeah. Which nowadays is pretty common. Yeah. It's happening a lot, you know? I can name quite a few recently. I'm like, couples broke up, wife's a lesbian now. Yep. I feel like it was common with, I mean, this is a super generalization, but you would hear kind of like guys being secretly gay or just guys figuring out their sexuality late in life. I feel like it's pretty common for women now. They're really going through, you know, claiming what they want in life. I think that there's a lot with gender fluidity that's happening that's really great. And maybe Friends was kind of a big catalyst for people to be like, oh, hey, well, I don't know if people watch uh, Friends and are like, oh, I relate to Ross's wife. But <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no. So, you know, the the background is we've learned that Ross has had a major crush on Rachel in high school. They all went to the same high school and she knew about it. And, you know, the episode ends that if he he asks her if he can ask her out sometime and she says, oh. maybe. He grabs the spoon. God, I hate that part, though. I have to say, like, don't, why don't like that's don't ask her if you can ask her out. Ask yeah. her out. Just just do it. Like, I do love the grab the spoon. I love that, that part whole, was cute. Super cute. But 
I don't know. But I think it's interesting. They set that whole relationship up from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I think that I had read that David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston, when they were doing kind of their auditions for this, like they just had such chemistry. And I think they actually had a crush on each other. They did. And it just never came to fruition. And they have both said that they're glad it didn't. Yeah. But super cute. And But it's cool how they kind of saw that chemistry and they like use that from the very beginning. Really interesting that none of the, none of the actors or actresses, none of the actors dated in real life. That is true. And I think that's why it was able to go for so long is there wasn't ever an awkward off show romance. Yeah. You know, I know I, you know, watching the HBO, um, the HBO special, they totally had crushes on each other, but they just weren't single at the same time, which I think I'm really happy about. Me too. Which leads us into Rachel. I think another character who's pretty polarizing. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But so Rachel has left Barry at the altar and she de- decides she's going to go into the city and find Monica. She uh, she finds Monica and ends up staying with Monica. Monica doesn't really have a say, which I always thought was kind of odd. I don't think that would ever happen now. But for the case of the show, we're going to go with it. And, uh, you know, when Rachel, Rachel tells her father, she doesn't need his money. She's going to do things her own way. And she, uh, her, all the friends make her cut up all her credit cards because she buys a pair of shoes and they ask her how she'd buy it. And that was with her credit card that was tied to her, um, father. (laughs) And the episode ends with her getting one of those job thingies as a waitress at Central Perk. Love it. One of Rachel's terms, job thingies. I'll get one of those job thingies. Okay. One of the things that I picked up on, though, was she comes back in after going on a bunch of interviews or whatever, and that's when she says, I don't need a job. I don't need a man. I've got great Great boots. boots. (laughs) But she's like, I was laughed out of 12 interviews. And I'm just thinking, how did you get 12 interviews set up in one day? And where are you interviewing? There that, wasn't Indeed back then. There was no Indeed. I'm like, where Where are you going? So I just thought that that was mm-hmm. kind of funny thinking, I've never gone on 12 interviews in one day. How, where are How you going? How the hell did you do that, Rachel Green? <laughs> so those are the main plot lines in this episode. We do meet Joey. We find out he is an actor and a suave, good-looking character. We have Chandler, who is obviously goofy, cracks jokes, inappropriate and afraid of silence and uh, does something with numbers. Nobody knows what Chandler Bing's job is. And then we get um, Phoebe, who is a masseuse. And we do get the hint pretty on that she's pretty like woo-woo or hippie. Very, very much. And when Rachel's cutting up her credit cards, she's trying to say, I know exactly how you feel. And she's going to this whole big thing about like basically all of these horrible things that have happened to her Mm -hmm. and everybody's like uh okay it there's that happens so much throughout the series phoebe's got these super dark moments but she is such a light character Mm -hmm. very much i i like phoebe a lot and we're gonna we're gonna dive into this because i think this is where tiana and i differ is phoebe is probably one of my favorite characters but we're gonna definitely dig into characters throughout the seasons and and Mm -hmm. who's who's our favorite and who's not and why. So Natalie, did you like this episode? I did. We're going to go ahead and rate each episode on a scale from one to five on the Joey sandwich rating, 
we'll find out through the series, Joey loves sandwiches, specifically a meatball sub. Yes. So is it one meatball sandwich, which is terrible, or five meatball sandwiches, which is loved this episode, never get tired of it. So. Ooh, for me, I would say it's a four. Okay. Four meatball subs for me. I can't give it a five. Mm -hmm. I mean, but if you compared it, I think, to other pilots that are out there at this time, it could probably garner a five Joey sandwich for me. But (laughs) I mean... It's it's up there for sure. So I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I gave it a four as well. I think the more, when I first watched it, I was like, eh, it really could have been more like a two. But the more I watch it, and I think the, mo- the more I like it because it's the beginning and not the end, and I know I have a long road to go in the rewatch, and I'm super excited. But I think the more I watch it, the more I fall in love with the characters and just who they are. Mm-hmm. So it gets a four for me. And some of my favorite lines I wrote down here with Joey, when, in reference to Paul the wine guy, I can't believe you didn't know it was a line. Great. Oh, so good. When Joey's making fun of Chandler for being a little wooden boy. Or no, Chandler's making fun of Joey. Yes. Once I was a wooden boy, a little wooden boy. That is my favorite moment from this yeah. episode because... I think that bumps it up to a four right there. 100%. Like, And it's also the physical piece yes. of that line because... The physical comedy. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And then the last one, the the great Rachel line, you're a shoe, you're a shoe, you're a shoe. She's talking about everybody telling her what she is all the, her whole life. And that's why she decided to leave Barry. She goes, what if I don't want to be a shoe? What if I want to be a hat? No, it's a metaphor, daddy. Because her dad obviously <laughs> doesn't get it. It's just, it's so great. Those are kind of the big ones. I don't know if you had any other ones. No, I, I think you had mentioned the uh, Ross one, like, to get you into bed. To get you into bed. And I yes. think this is where we start to see David Schwimmer's really great. Like everybody kind of talks throughout the seasons about um, Chandler and like his cadence with the mm-hmm. way he talks. But David Schwimmer has one too. And I mm-hmm. really like a lot of the things that he says. And this is one of those things where you're like, to get you into a bed. Like that's yeah. so funny. Yeah those moments. So while we're watching, we got a little casting news here. And I always thought this this was interesting of who and how did they cast. So David Schwimmer was the first to be cast. He had already auditioned for another pilot and uh, they liked him and they had actually written Ross with David Schwimmer in mind. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. They knew Lisa Kudrow from her role as Ursula on Mad About You. Stop it. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I saw that. Again, HBO special. Oh. Um, so they, and Ursula, we'll find out later, is Phoebe's twin. So, Oh, I mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. parallel there. Then you've got Courtney Cox, who was originally slated for Rachel. She was reading the script. But then once she read the script, she fell in love with Monica. And they assigned her Monica. Matt LeBlanc was cast as Joey. The producers wanted a guy's guy. And so we see that he auditioned over eight times. And his final one was actually reading with Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine, though, not having, like, Monica as, or having Courtney Cox as Monica? Like, she just embodies that role so well. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting that she was originally trying to go for Rachel. Yeah. But I love it. And yeah. Matt LeBlanc, perfect. Matt, yeah, Matt LeBlanc, perfect. And Rachel, Jennifer Innocent was cast. She was the last. She was actually eyed for Monica, so they were swapped, which would, would, does not make any sense now that no. you see it. But um, And then Matthew, per- Matthew Perry worked on another show called Dream On and requested a, an audition after identifying with the character Chandler. 
That makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm -hmm. It's kind of ironic, though, that Matt LeBlanc had to audition so many times. And his character is like the struggling actor. The struggling actor. Oh, my God. I love that. That is hilarious. Yeah. So when the the pilot was first pitched, interesting fact that Phoebe and Chandler were meant to be secondary characters. So it's an ensemble show, six, six best friends, but really Phoebe and Chandler were meant to be kind of ancillary. And you can see that, especially in the first pilot, they don't do really anything other than comic relief. Very serious, like very surface, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, very Mm -hmm. much so that comic relief. So I can see how they were going that way, but I'm glad that didn't happen. Me me too. All right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, Natalie is going to talk about bloopers and blunders. We're going to give you our moo points. I hope you know that reference. Talk about things that didn't age well. And yeah. We'll see you soon. Okay, and we are back. This is the Pivot Podcast with Nat and Tiana. So, Nat, let's talk about the bloopers and the blunders. And first, the moo points. And if you don't know what the moo point is, it's later in the series, Joey, you know, the phrase moot point, which means it it doesn't matter. He thinks it's a moo point. So... Like a cow's opinion. Like a cow's opinion. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Gotta love the logic there. So not tell us. So we got some bloopers and blunders, and this is something you're going to see the rest of the time. We're going to talk about bloopers specifically. Now, there are no bloopers for the pilot. Um, that, I think, is probably because back in the day, or maybe even still today, they don't really keep a lot of the pilot stuff because of the fact that they don't know if it's going to get greenlit and picked up so there are no bloopers in this one however there are a few blunders yes um and there's a spot where paul comes to pick up monica paul the wine guy paul the wine guy gotta love paul the wine Mm -hmm. guy gotta love a wine guy yeah so she or she phoebe says to rachel i just pulled out four eyelashes that can't be good she's in the kitchen she's in the kitchen and at the time that paul comes in she's in the kitchen but then it goes back to Paul and somehow she's transported back to the couch. Yeah. He's on the couch and she's behind him. Mm -hmm. So there's this movement that must've happened between takes and, and they didn't pick up on that. So that's one of the few blunders that we kind of saw. Such a continuity error that when you really rewatch the show, as many as you notice, you're like, Oh God, how did they not catch that? Yeah. I mean, definitely one of those you flip back and forth and you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this person's moving. Yeah. Um, this isn't necessarily a blunder, but I did notice that when they were watching the telenovela, yeah, they all have mellow yellow in front of them. And like gross. Mellow yellow, I think is like, I've never had it myself, but it to me, I think it's that like pre-Mountain Dew mm-hmm. phase, but it must have been big at that point in time because it's very much like that branding that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of funny to me. Um there's a laugh, though, before the audience, the camera cuts off with the wine guy. And that was, it, it's just, it's an awkward cutoff audio-wise, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then lastly, I mean, we'll probably address this quite a few times, but just there are so many stereotypes around being gay and lesbian in this series. A little bit little bit of the there are some things that we're going to call out some things that did not age very well Mm -hmm. um that's part of being a fan yes we gotta we gotta make sure that we're we're doing the things to 
hold people accountable. Not that we need to hold friends accountable, but you know, just things to pay attention to. Um, one of the things that Ross says when Joey and Chandler are at his house, helping him set up some new furniture because Carol, his ex-wife took all the furniture. He goes into the fridge and says, Oh, Carol left her beers. I should have known. She always drank it from the can. So some stereotypical lesbianism. She's lesbian because she could drink her beer from a can. Big old fosters from the can, I guess. <laughs> like so, not really something that didn't age well, but kind of, sort of one of those things that's a little stereotypical mm-hmm. thing we don't necessarily like, but it is funny. Um, and I think right now we're going to get into Tiana's favorite section. Cause let me tell you, this girl is our little fashionista fashion watch. Woo-woo. I spent so many just hours, like just studying the fashion, mostly of Monica and Rachel, because Phoebe was not my style. I'm not a hippie person, but just studying the fashion of, of what Rachel and, and Monica were wearing and trying to replicate that in my life. Because it's coming back. like It's that's, totally coming back. Like, we joke about things kind of coming back into style, but the 90s is is really in full force. Mm-hmm. So um, for you, Tiana, what, it, what, what stuck out to you? Okay, there's three things. One is the Rachel wedding dress that she comes into the coffee shop with. Um, you know, this is from the costume designer, Deborah McGuire, who was actually the costume designer for the entire series. Ooh. She said that the dress came from just the Warner Brothers stock from the costume department. It was not hand chosen or sourced. It was just from a closet. It was in the, the costume house where there was millions of dresses. And she said she remembers going through and pulling that one out because it looked perfect. And at the time, Rachel was a Jewish princess. And this was kind of the perfect Long Island princess dress. Slightly over the top, but not too much. It had to be tasteful since she had good taste. And it's funny to think of, do you remember the headdress that goes with, that's tasteful in the 90s. Well, I'll tell you what. So my parents got married. Sorry, mom and dad, I'm going to age y'all. But they got married in 1985. And when I got married, I tried on my mom's wedding dress. Oh, you did? I did. And it was was really fun. And I I got to take a piece of it and, and I had that on my... Uh, bouquet when I walked down the aisle but I tried it on and my mom had something similar as far as like a headdress it was just this thick piece of like silk with all of these flowers on it and it was the bee's knees I yeah. mean it was the thing and yeah she rocks it I I, I love the off the shoulder actually mm-hmm. and I think that that's actually come back in a yeah. lot I don't know about wedding dress style as much it's definitely been sleeveless has really gone away i'd say more brides that i see right now are trending more towards some type of sleeve detail some type of you know either it's a full-length sleeve or just straps we saw we saw straps go away for a long time in wedding fashion and they're coming back and i'm really i love it oh yeah i do too i'm not i I, i'm not a, a strapless person i don't i don't like it very much so i'm definitely down for the straps and the sleeves and all of the appliques to kind of come back in yeah so second second thing that stood out to me was just all the leather that joey was wearing and i do love a good you know i'm sorry cows but i do love a leather jacket i don't have any real leather right now i'm trying to go towards fake leather so but the leather jacket and then the leather vest we really do continue to see joey in leather all throughout the series and I just love how they start out this episode like he is that suave guy's guy good looking rocks a leather vest without any 
apologies. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even think and connect that they had put him in two leather things uh-huh. in the same episode. But and that goes back to them wanting a like guy's guy, man's mm-hmm. man. Like I'm from Long Island. Like, oh, I got the leather. Like, I, I don't can't know do if it. he's from Long Island. Where is he from? That's a good question. That's a great question. We're going to find we'll out. We'll find that out. We'll Google. Um, last one. And this was actually your ch- your choice. Monica's yellow dress with the rib t-shirt underneath. She's got the high socks, which I am wearing right now, and white shoes. Literally, yes. I am wearing Monica's shoes and socks right exactly. now. You are. You are. And you're rocking it. Thank you. But yes, the strap, the spaghetti strap dresses that are very like floral and, you know, very shapeless mm-hmm. and the rib t-shirts underneath um yeah you see that so much like probably and even into the early 2000s we kind of saw Mm -hmm. a lot of that but it's very interesting and she wears that outfit a lot in the episode Mm -hmm. um one thing i'm gonna i'm gonna throw at you that we hadn't talked about but her outfit in the opening scenes okay so it's the she's got like this big old oversized blazer yeah and then similar color like cream high-waisted pants that are attached with suspenders you didn't like that okay I don't I loved it I don't know how to feel (laughs) I loved I loved it I like though I feel like those pants are coming back too just the like slack looking things as we get away from like the skinny jean which I say skinny jeans could have a moment but um I loved that look I thought it was so cool I I dug you I mean you have to have some confidence to pull it off oh for suspenders yeah I mean I'm all for kind of mixing like the um feminine and masculine so I liked that piece of it okay this is very nitpicky of me but the way that the suspenders are attached it's Uh like on these weird loops that are like you can see are being pulled from the pants themselves I don't know why look she looks great I, I like the look, but I also am like, huh, I feel like that could be a polarizing. That's not coming back anytime soon, I don't think. I mean, unless somebody finds that. So. I, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So let's let's decide. Each episode, we will pick our best friend, and we're going to give them our coffee mug. And okay. then we'll also pick our frenemy, who is Taking Our Wind. And if you don't know, Taking Our Wind comes into play in, I think, season two. I think season two. When the, when the girls take a goddess quiz... And it's all about, is your man stealing your wind? A la, are they stealing your thunder? Are they talking over you? Are they not letting you live your power? So the person who's taking our wind is our frenemy. Yes. So Nat, who is who is your best friend of the episode? Ooh, okay. I think in this one, it's hard because I think you're right when you're talking about how they have Chandler and Phoebe as just these very periphery characters. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not going to include them in this, but my my best friend, I think I like Ross. Ooh, I think I got to go with Ross spicy on this choice. one. Hi, hi. You feel bad for Ross? Yeah. You know, I didn't know his wife was a lesbian. Okay, yeah. feel bad for him. You know, he's trying to grab a spoon, doesn't know whether he's hungry or horny. Yeah, <laughs> that whole quote's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd have to give it to Ross. What What do you think? So my best friend and I went back and forth. Um. I landed on Rachel because I thought it was super courageous. She gave up that Long Island princess life to an orthodontist, took a chance, took a risk, and 
went and mooched off Monica, but still it was a brave choice. So that's who I landed on. My best friend is Rachel for the risk that she took. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, as we have the good, we also have the bad. Yeah. So we're going to say who's taking our wind and who would be your frenemy? I think it's going to be pretty consistent throughout this season or this series. My frenemy is Phoebe. I'm so sorry. No. I just do not. I do not identify with her. And I am a yoga instructor. Like <laughs> I have, I teach yoga. I used to teach yoga. I got, I'm into woo woo shit. But Phoebe, for some reason, annoys me very much. And I don't find it endearing. But I know you disagree. I know. And that's what's so great about this is that I'm going to convince you that Phoebe... <laughs> Good luck. ...is deep, okay? Okay. So my friend of me, I, I got to go with Joey. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I think it's just because he comes in... Now, we know as throughout the series like Joey has a lot of sides to him mm-hmm. but if we're just taking this in a vacuum Joey for me is just too much the guy's guy Ross go to the strip club like yeah I, I don't connect with him obviously because I'm not a guy but I'm like oh I don't know so he's he, he's definitely my friend of me in this one and I, I gotta say he's taking my wind lack of nuance yeah all right well, let's close it up now. What do you have any final thoughts on the episode? I'm so excited. This is awesome. Um it's a great start to such an incredible series that I think has touched so many people in so many mm-hmm. ways, touched us in so many ways and you know, been so much part of our friendship. So, I'm excited to keep digging deep on all these all these people. Yay. I know we there's definitely points in the series where I'm dreading because I know it's really tough to get through those episodes. But I'm excited. Let's go episode by episode. Yes. All right. That was the one where Monica gets a roommate. Season one, episode one. Um, you guys can follow along with us at The Pivot Pod. I'm Tiana. I am Natalie. And we'll see you later. <laughs>